Hello, everyone. Welcome to Next Level Coaching with Rick Rass here. I'm very excited that you're here today, and I'm even more excited that you're ready to take your life to the next level. Welcome, everyone, to podcast number nine, an interview with Gary Blowett. A lot of people call him Gary B., but I'm excited to have Gary with us today. He is going to share some insights on how to take your business to the next level and some of the key components that maybe he took from the book, Take It to the Next Level, Finding the Keys to a Higher Level Performance. Gary, let's start off first by sharing with the listeners how we met, where we met, when we met. The first time we met was actually in Wausau Whitewater Park. Man, I was just starting out in kayaking. There's a feature at Wausau Whitewater Park called Hole Number Four, and that's where all the uh, really good boaters go because they can do tricks. I was not a good boater because I was pretty new. Didn't even have what's called a you know a roll down where I could roll my boat. And I remember sitting there and just watching this guy with drug free on his paddle doing these somersaults in the water and just doing all kinds of these tricks and thinking, man. I'd really like to be able to do that someday. And I was so mesmerized and I was sitting there and then it dawned on me, I'm nowhere even close to being able to do that yet. So I was sitting there and I kept letting everyone else go ahead of me. And you came over and you kind of leaned over to me and you go, what's your name? And I said, Gary, he goes, you know, Gary, you're not going to get any better and take it to the next level if you keep eating an Eddie flower. And I was like, you know what? He's right on the money. It is time to put myself out there and just do something about it. If I'm going to get better, I have to put it in play. I can't just sit in the eddy and watch. you got to participate in your own success. So that's what I did. That's funny that you remember that because I remember watching you sit there in your boat. You had that look on your face that you wanted to be in that feature, but you had that reluctant hesitant look that was going to keep you out of there. And I thought, this guy looks like he needs a little coaxing. So I don't say that to everybody. No, no. It was, that was so funny. It was like, you know, I was sitting there and you, you asked my name and, and made the comment and that stuck with me forever because it was true. Like it was literally, I was sitting there and I was not making any initiative to go on that feature at all. I just kept letting everyone else go ahead of me. Well, you know, the concept watch and learn Maybe that's what you were doing. <laughs> I was watching for a long time, Rick. Well, Gary, I'm glad I challenged you to get out of the eddy because you've definitely taken your skills to another level in kayaking. We had talked on the shoreline a little bit about what I do, and, and I mentioned that I wrote a book, and you ordered it online. Outside of kayaking, it kind of challenged you to go to another level in your business as well. Can you share a little bit about that? You know what? Although the book was written, you know, more for performance of an athlete, it actually clicked that whether you're performing in sports or you're performing in business, that mental toughness, the attitude, the things you have to focus on, they're really the same. There's still a performance and a self-discipline that you have to evolve to and keep pushing through that in business or in sports, you're going to get those obstacles. Right. You're going to get those things that are the make or break moments. They're going to say, hey, when I hit this pivot point, do I stop and give up or do I keep pushing through it? And I think you've seen that, you know, in anything, whether it be sports or business, it's the same thing. All right. There's been numerous times in my business career that I was like, oh, man, this is getting too tough. You know, whatever. Maybe this isn't the right thing for me to do or maybe I'm not as good as other people. And you got to get past that. And it's the same thing in kayaking. I had to focus on the same thing. How do I become a better kayaker? How do I become a better business leader? You got to recognize where you're at and you got to start putting things in place. 
It's definitely true. There are so many parallels between athletics and the corporate world, businesses. I work predominantly with athletic teams, but when I do have those corporate groups on my schedule, the applications to many of the activities that I do are just perfect for communication, leadership, teamwork, dealing with setbacks, adversity. They all apply to the business world as well. But the book definitely was written towards the athletic realm, but it certainly can be applied to anything. We've joked about my favorite quote from my own book, the more you make excuses, the better you get at making them. That started to really click home and you start to recognize how much in your life you actually make excuses for. Like there's so many elements that if you apply that same thing, whether it be in business or sports, you find reasons why you can't perform to your highest level. And it takes a completely diff, you know, different discipline to start focusing on that and really make those adjustments and change and recognize where you want to be and how you can get there as opposed to looking at all the reasons why you can't do something. I don't think a lot of people realize how much they do that to themselves. And it's not like they're making excuses to other people. Right. It's the things they say inside their head to themselves. Right. And in the business world, think about it. It can be something as simple as I don't have enough experience. I don't have the right education. There's all these I don't haves that people put into play, which actually prohibits their own progress. I don't have enough money or I don't. Well, all those things are attainable with the right focus. You can get the right experience. Sometimes you get the right experience by getting an opportunity that they take you on because they know you don't have the prior experience. Your other aspects and skills brought you the opportunity so you can gain that experience. But again, if we focus on that one element that we don't have, and we have that as an excuse, we're never going to see how far we can take things. Those are some great points, Gary. I talked about making excuses in one of the previous podcasts, What's Holding You Back. We probably should have clarified in the beginning what your business is. It's called Ingrain It, and Gary is an IT specialist. I like the twist on Ingrain It IT. That's clever. In thinking about taking your business to the next level, what did that really entail, Gary? Well, I mean, we were in business for uh, 14 years, so it entailed a lot of, you know, ups and downs. When you start a business, you get all the naysayers who say that it's going to be too hard. You know, most businesses fail in the first three years. You lose customers. You add customers. You're trying to figure out your pricing, so you're pricing too low or things get heavy. So then you have, you know, resource constraints. So I always say that the biggest challenge is two things. It's resources which is your personnel, your financial, everything else. And you, you kind of just focus on those things. And most importantly, your time, because your time is your biggest resource, right? You can only focus on so much in a day. And then really just thinking at it, it's really easy to give up when you're starting a business and things don't go as you expect or the market changes or in 2008, right? We had the, uh, the entire collapse of stuff, which caused some challenges. But again, those are excuses that if you focus on those things and don't focus on where you want to go, you find reasons to get out and stop playing the game. And of course, it is a game, so you got to make sure that the game is fun too because if all you're doing is just a grind and it's not fun, then you're probably not serving your purpose and you're really not going to achieve those goals that you want because it's not really what you want. you got to want it. So you're in business for 14 years. Then what specifically was that next level for you? Uh, well, there was, the biggest thing was <laughs> when I started kayaking and talking to you, I really started to put things in perspective of where I wanted to be, say, as a player in business, right? Because that's what you are, right? Even in business, you're still playing some role in business as a team player. So either you're playing a leadership role or you're, you're the goalie of the team or you're the forward of the team, whatever, but you're playing some type of position. 
And then really going through that and determining, okay, you know what, doing this self-assessment, understanding where I want to be, what are my ambitions, looking at the team, looking at, and that time I had a business partner who is awesome and he was a great guy, but really trying to assess, do we have the resources that it takes for us to take to the next level? And sometimes you find you are so common, like you're so close and ideals together, it actually stalls momentum because the skills that you have, you both have. So you don't have enough offsetting skills to kind of cover those weakness gaps as an organization. And then really identifying that and determining, you know, where I want to go. And then the big decision was I decided to buy my partner out so that I could focus on the business and the strengths and everything else and kind of allow him to focus on his strengths. And we still talk all the time. He's actually the executive director for a church and school and do an awesome job. I don't think there's anybody better at communicating during those types of turmoil than he'd be. So uh, they're definitely blessed to have him over there. So in putting together your team, I think you said you have four employees. How did you go about selecting people with the right skill set, as you mentioned a little bit ago, to offset some of the things that maybe you weren't able to do? Yep. I mean, that was the biggest thing was I had to focus on where did I want to be because I was an engineer. So I'm the technical guy. I build the servers. I architect the networks. I can do all those things. But when I started reflecting on who I was and where I wanted to go, I'm really not an engineer. I really love the aspect of personal development, right? Relationships and building processes and evolving those things in the business. And the more I focused on the technical, the less I was able to work on those things. So I had to find uh, resources that allowed me to develop that. So hiring an engineer was one of my first moves. So that way he could come in and he could start taking over that for the engineering work. Earlier on, when my business partner was there, we actually hired a person who did server maintenance. Server maintenance was tough for me because I overthink everything. I'd be so scared of what could happen. (laughs) I'd be spending up all night rebooting servers and then working the next day. So finding somebody who had that skill set and kind of took that away was a huge, huge step in that direction, too. That has to be pretty exciting to put a team together, kind of like the Fabulous Four, superheroes. I mean, it is definitely an experience because, again, you're trying to you have to be real with the assessment of who you are, what you need and what you can afford. Right. And then what are you willing to do from a resource perspective in order to teach? Because in any business, I always talk about how your business has its own way. And as a leader, you kind of start to evolve that way. Right. It's like a team. Right. If you look in basketball, you have the run and gun type teams. You know, you got the, the teams that really know how to they go at a slower pace the fast pace, but they kind of set the dynamic for how the team plays. And then they bring players right around that team that fit that dynamic. You have the same thing in business. So I had to go back and understand what are some of the things that were important to me, you know, in business, especially in the IT world. There are some great technical people out there, brilliant minds, but they don't communicate well. So one of the things that I looked for was engineers that were actually personable and could communicate, knowing that I'd probably have to teach them some of the technical skills, but because they came with the people skills, I could fill that knowledge gap on the technical side. But those people skills were the hardest part to to find. How did you go about finding those employees, Gary? Sounds like you got lucky. I got lucky. I mean, I was talking to people and I I had on my office across the hall, there was some financial services firm that I got to know really well. And we were talking to them. So after I bought my partner out, uh, all of a sudden, I'm I'm going to the office and I'm going to pick up a water cooler because with COVID, I was pretty much working from home. I'm like, yeah, I'll grab my water cooler from the office and take it home. And I ran across my neighbor from the hall. And she's like, oh, you know, Gary, hey, I just want you to know I ran across this gentleman. His name is Jim. He's looking for a job and he's in IT. So I thought of you. And I'm like, well, OK, you know, there's a lot of IT guys out there. 
And literally, he was in the Army for nine years. He got out, graduated from WCTC, which is our technical school. And he was looking for something. And I called him on the phone. And it was like a whole different chemistry and conversation. And, you know, we, we weren't just talking about IT. We were in other conversations. And I was like, you know what? All right, this is the guy. This is my first engineer. You know, then I'm going to hire Post, my business partner. And then he happened to know my other engineer, Gabby. He recruited her when she was like 17 years old. And she was just finishing up graduating from college to become a system admin. <laughs> so literally those things kind of lined up with people. And my admin, Jill, was an admin for a customer of ours who left and wanted to homeschool. And we were able to bring her in. And so she could have flexibility to schedule. And she kind of complements the administrative side. And like I said, my, my engineer, Mark, who's a server guy, He's just brilliant as far as surfers. So yeah, I got I got lucky. Mark, my engineer, is actually, I was at my bank and I was talking to the branch manager and she was like, oh yeah, my husband Mark is in IT. And that's how I met him <laughs> and, and hired him to start doing this stuff. So yeah, I've been very fortunate that I haven't had to dig too deep that when I've had a need, somehow through conversations and openness, things have opened up to me and I've met people and brought in some really cool employees. That's awesome. Everybody appreciates a great IT person who hasn't had those computer issues that need to be resolved. Oh, yeah. It can be a very tad amount when something goes wrong, then it's got to get it fixed now, right? But when everything's going right, it's what they need you for. Everything's working, see? <laughs> and those technical issues can certainly be frustrating. But in anything, people have setbacks, face adversity, and it's really easy to have a good attitude when things are going well. But what happens when you have those setbacks? So in the process of taking your business to the next level, have you had to deal with some adversity, Gary? Right. I mean, there's been plenty. When you're in business for 14 years, you definitely, you lose customers. When we first started off, we were being funded. When the 2008 financial crisis hit, they retracted back into their core markets. So, you know, it was one of those, again, pivot moments where you look at it and go, do I want to be a business owner bad enough that I'm going to find a path forward? Or am I going to polish my resume and give up? And of course, you know, meaning 14 years after that, well, obviously I wanted to be a business owner and I continued and we fought that through. But you you go through all those things, right? Things get tough. You're getting you know, inundated with work. You start to question yourself. You make a mistake. And, you know, in IT, a mistake especially can have some pretty serious consequences if you make one wrong mistake. If you make a little mistake that isn't big, you start to go, oh my gosh, I just made that little mistake. What if I do the same thing on a big one? Maybe I'm not good enough, right? Or I don't know enough about this. Or I, so you're constantly trying to self-assess where you are. And the biggest thing I learned was that it wasn't healthy. You really have to just focus on constantly doing your best, staying on top of your game in the market. Just like in sports, you actually have to practice. I can't go out there and say I'm going to be an 80% free throw shooter and never take a shot. So in business, I can't say I'm going to be one of the best communicating and most responsive IT companies and not just put myself out there and study and be a student of IT all the time. Understanding security, understanding servers, understanding cloud, right? All those aspects of IT, it requires me to put into practice every day to stay on top of my game, which you wouldn't think from a business perspective, right? I still read leadership books, even though I'm only, a, you know, I manage four employees. The day that I decided to grow big, if I hit my goals, I want to be prepared for that. So that's why I read your book. <laughs> yeah, and I hope you took something from it. But they always say leaders are readers. Yeah, I mean, there's been yeah tons of little setbacks. Even in kayaking, there's been setbacks, right? Not having my role <laughs> in deciding whether or not the pivot point 
do I like to get out of my boat and get beat up by rocks or am I going to learn how to roll so I can stay upright and start doing more fun stuff? Those are the moments you go through. It's the same thing in business. It sounds like it's been a pretty exciting journey for you. What have you learned through this experience about process and outcome goals? Right. I mean, for me, everything is about looking at where I want to go and then breaking things down into more manageable kind of chunks. So micro objectives, right? I have an overall objective that I want to meet. So I always talk about thinking big, but then I execute small. Everything that we do in our organization, even today, we talk about where we want to go. We'll do daily plans. So one of the things we implemented was in IT, work is constantly coming at you. And every type of request that we call tickets is like a little mini project it could be. There's a lot of consideration. So we went back and every day we actually plan our days and work our plans. We go back and with every request from a customer, we actually figure out what our resources are. What time do we need? Do we need a third party involved? How do we engage with the customer? And more importantly, what is the actual result we want to obtain? That includes the customer because in technical world, we can do something that's technically right. But if the customer doesn't feel it from an experience perspective, we didn't do our job. So really taking the emphasis to do those types of things. Still got your annual goals. I still plan three, three plus years out um, as far as the financial goals. You still watch all the business metrics, right? What are my sales? What's my costs, right? What's my profits? And then you really got to focus on the people. The way you communicate to your personnel is the way they're going to start communicating to your customers, right? You see this, people are very, very open. When you talk about results, one of the results you have to focus on is your employees. And that result is how do you develop happy, long-term, satisfied employees? That's doing things like showing gratitude for them, thanking them. Don't just say, hey, I gave them a check. And because they're getting paid, they're expected to do work. You got to recognize those moments where they've done something that's been above and beyond. Or um, like we always talk about, they laid another brick in the foundation. In business, you have this vision and mission where you want to go. So when your employees actually start to do things on their own, you know, take initiative to learn something or learn a skill and apply something on their own, that's laying the brick the foundation. And when they start to see that and recognize and do it on their own, you're actually building the team. It's not you dictating anymore. It's actually allowing everybody in the organization to recognize that there's this accountability to the whole. And in order for us to achieve that, each one of us has to step outside of our comfort zones and evolve as individuals and evolve as a company. So every individual brick that an employee lays is a brick to the organization's growth. And then going back to celebrate progress, those are the moments you celebrate with your employees. You have to acknowledge it. You know, you have to give the high five. It's no different than athletics. Right. If you have a star player on a team and you never give them recognition besides the paycheck, they may go to another team. It may not be about the money. It may be about, you know, recognition and performance. How is the team surrounding performing with me? How am I being recognized by management? Right. We have that challenge right now with the Packers. <laughs> well, gosh, Gary, now you gave away what state you're from. I really like what you're saying about developing that culture of team and people laying a brick, uh, doing their part, you know, not that coaches even in athletics would have to tell people they buy into the program, they buy into the mission. And it's awesome when you see that happen. And that's how people can really reach their potential collectively. I also like what you said about recognizing achievement. I always say the absence of encouragement is discouragement. You find somebody that doesn't receive any encouragement, they get discouraged. And an employee that feels appreciated will outperform anybody else. A lot of teams miss out on the power of encouragement. Well, I mean, think about it from a performance athletic perspective. When you as a player decide that you're not only playing for yourself, but you're playing for the team, 
So the dynamic actually gets larger, right? Your purpose expands from, I want to be the best I can be, but I also want to make the team, because of my contribution, I want to make the team the best they can be. You actually bring yourself to a whole different level. It's not only pushing myself to be the best who I am. It's also going, you know what? My contribution is going to make the team bigger. So when you start to think in terms like that, that's when you start to maximize performance because it, it becomes self-fulfilling, right? Self-feeding. Every employee who's making that same contribution, every teammate who's firing you up, who's telling you, oh, man, that was a great shot you just did, right? And now you as a manager or as another player, you get the same thing back because that becomes part of your culture. It just feeds itself back on performance. That word culture has certainly become a pretty popular word over the last decade. And culture, leadership, teamwork, none of those things happen by accident. You have to make them happen. You have to have a plan. Well, you know, and part of it is building that culture of, you know, accountability, doing your best. There's a book called The Four Agreements. Literally, it's being impeccable with your word. I've read that book. Laura Halderson was a women's hockey coach at the University of Minnesota back in 04, 05, 06. And she recommended that book. I really enjoyed it. It's a little book, right? Uh, yeah, it's not that long because it's just the four agreements. But, you know, it, it's those things that you look at and say, if you can build an organization that does that and because you're accountable. I mean, the other thing it says in the book is, don't take things personal. If you're truly going to evolve, you have to be open to feedback you get from your customers, just like an athlete has to be open to feedback they get from the coach. How many times have you witnessed a star performer in athletics because they're the star performer, star athlete, ignore some of the feedback the coach because they know it all or their parent is praising how great they are and they don't need the coach? Well, in real life, we should be open to any of that feedback in business. You have to ask your customers, how are you doing? And you have to be open that you may not always be doing 100%. Like you could be hero or zero on any given day. And on those zero moments, those are the opportunities to take you to the next level. Because that's the customer telling you, here's how you can improve service to me. Just like, you know, the coach or other teammates are telling the athlete, here's how you can improve your game. This is what we see by playing with you or watching with you, right? As a leader, I'm always asking my employees for feedback. And sometimes I don't like it, you know, because them holding me accountable to maybe how I communicate something. In my mind, it may have been clear as day. I gave them direction. How come you didn't follow that? And then I find out, well, you really didn't give me clarity of what you're asking for. You told me this. And here's what I understood. Oh, yeah, my bad. <laughs> let me figure. Let me go back and put that in play again, because apparently I wasn't communicating the alley-oop so you could dunk that. Instead, I just gave you a bunch of words that didn't mean anything and didn't get done to expectations. So that's that's the key, it's that constant self-evaluation. Yeah, that self-assessment piece is a tough one for a lot of people in any area of life because when they look at the things that they're doing wrong or the mistakes they make, they see those things as failure. But it's part of the process. And that's one of the most important things to taking it to the next level is utilizing the information gained from those experiences. Paying attention to details in making those adjustments are critical, but it's the ticket to the next level. Well, yeah, you have to look at those. Every one of those opportunities is you to put something in play to say, hey, you know what? I could have done this or I shouldn't have done that or I need to learn this or I need to practice this more. But if all you do is throw your hands up, that negative self-talk, focus on, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm not worthy of of playing for this team or I you take yourself out of the game. So you have to you have to take those opportunities to focus on how do I improve? And again, how do I actually not only improve myself, but how do I improve myself so that also benefits others around me so that we're all winning together? 
right? I mean, even us, right, in the kayak field, we'll, we'll give each other jabs. But even though I'm, a, I'm an inexperienced kayaker, you'll still ask me for, you know, what I saw when you're doing something. Because yeah. to you, that feedback of that visual is important for, you know, getting the outside perspective. Even though from a skill perspective, we're not even in the same league right now. Notice how I say right now. Oh, I noticed that. You'll get to where I'm at, but keep in mind that when you get to where I'm at, I'm going to be at another level. But all kidding aside, I love your enthusiasm and your determination to go to the next level. In kayaking, to get my role, there were people who could get the role done, you know, within a six-hour session. Because of how, you know, I was ingrained in my body, I tried to muscle everything, which is counterintuitive to a role. So it took me 12 months to get an effective role. But if I would have given up because it was too hard, I wouldn't have advanced to the next level of kayaking. That's the determination I'm talking about. Sometimes it takes a long time for some people. I sure wish things would come easier for me. Gary, I know a lot of people are intimidated by computer issues in the IT aspect. I'm sure things don't come easy. And you have to stay up on the game as you talk about. Do you have a network of people that provide kind of a support system for you? Back in 2018, I joined a group called The 20. Our goal is to be the top 20% of, they're called MSPs, managed service providers, in the United States and Canada. So it's a bunch of us like-minded people, but we really hold each other accountable, develop really strong bonds as far as when we have technical issues, we can rely on other people to help us, you know, give us direction and really just connect it as business owners of IT companies. I mean, I just went to a conference because every quarter we go down there for, it's, it's kind of like a quarterly meeting. Um, and on the way driving, I stopped in Lawrence, Kansas, just to have dinner with one of the guys there because we became so close. I'm like, hey, I'm going to stop in your hometown. I'm driving through. You see those things. I'll be When I go to North Carolina, I'll be having dinner with some of the guys over there. So yeah, it's nice when you find a like-minded community that you can be part of and really leverage each other's, again, you know, strengths and knowledge so that, again, it supplements you, your organization. Because in a security space, especially, you can't do it alone in security. So even through that group, we've gotten better security components, you know, and resources. So it totally makes sense to pull together. I love that. It's kind of like a coaching clinic in sports. Do you have daily contact with the network? So part of the group is that they they're also our support desk. There's constant communication with them. We also have what are called squads. So literally it's an accountability group. I'm part of a squad and there's about 13 other members of that squad and we hold each other accountable. If we're having issues, maybe with an employee or with a technical problem with a customer, we bring it to the table. If we're not sure how to market something, we bring it to the accountability group. That's key, that it's not just technical folk, it's also us trying to get together as business owners and leaders and trying to solve some of those business problems so that we can continue to grow. Because again, our goal is to be the top 20% in the nation. Um, you know, that's going to require an emphasis of growth. And then outside of business, I also got other people. There's a, a friend of mine, Jeff Kubik, who I turn to all the time as a mentor. I ask him different questions. And, you know, if I have business issues, I'll run it past. So yeah, you got to be willing to know you don't have all the answers. And they have the right resources and people that will be open and honest with you and give you the right direction. We sure have touched on lots of great things related to athletics, business, life. I've enjoyed this conversation. Gary, thinking back and reading the book, uh, what are maybe three things that you really took from it? I mean, it definitely is the no excuses thing, right? So that the more excuses you make, obviously, uh, that was a that was a huge thing. 
celebrate progress. Definitely something from the book that, you know, you take away because you, you take it for granted. You're like, oh, I did this or I achieved this. And you actually don't celebrate it. Like you don't acknowledge the fact that you were there. Just relish in that moment for a second because that celebration actually feeds you. It gets you a little bit more hungry for the next achievement. And if you just go from achievement to achievement to achievement, at some point, you just get burned out because you're not actually going back and just taking that moment and going, man, look what I did. Look where I was. Look what I accomplished. And now look where I can go. It's all part of taking those steps and progressions to where you want to go. You know, the other thing that hit was I coached a lot of youth athletics. Matter of fact, I just coached my granddaughter's five-year-old soccer team. You know, what I realized is how pressure plays into both business and athletics. And that it's important that you have the right pressure with an emphasis, you know, kind of on fun, right? There's different levels. So when I'm coaching five-year-olds, it's all about fun. We're not hitting any strategies, right? We're not trying to set up stuff for these kids to score a goal, right? Goals are irrelevant. It's teaching some of the basics, right? But in business, it's kind of the, it's the same thing. You have to go back and recognize that part of it has to be fun. You have to eliminate some of the noise of what's going on and you got to bring positive things back into the environment so that you can emphasize what's important and continue to evolve. I like the term evolve. It's just another way of saying going to the next level. And I always say, if you're more concerned about winning the game than you are about having fun and learning the game, something is wrong. And I really think that applies to any level. It's always fun for me to hear what people take from the book. I mean, that no excuse thing, that's always huge. Celebrate progress. I, I think that's just a key to sustaining a high level of motivation in anything. And then that what you said about feeling the right pressure, having the right perspective, positive attitude, and in making things fun. Gosh, that's got to be there. Uh, otherwise, you're right. A lot of people just quit, walk away. And unfortunately, it's not just athletes. It's almost an epidemic right now where coaches are walking away from sports they love, kids they love, because it's not fun anymore. Parents many times just live in their life through their kids, and it's just not much fun. Well, Gary, you've shared a lot of great insights and perspectives today. Really appreciate your time. Any last words of wisdom from Gary Blowett? Everything you do in life, you have to go over, under, around, or through. You can't just stop. The only thing that stops us, I said, you know, the biggest failure, I think I read this in a book, is actually death, which you've beaten once. So, <laughs> <laughs> right? You got to, no matter what wall you hit, you have to keep going through that. That's good. There's always going to be obstacles. Yeah. And you have to believe it, right? Even in business, it's funny. So you always hear about athletes actually doing a visualization technique, right? I actually still do that in business. I still envision what I want certain outcomes to be and how I can actually envision that happening two years down the road or three years down the road or what it is. It's one of those things that keeps me going to the next level. That's good stuff too. Without a vision, people perish. Gary, thanks again for joining us. Listeners, I really hope you've enjoyed this conversation and have taken something that you can apply to your life. It's nothing better than going to the next level. Have a great day.